welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of the Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. Also, check out our website at hitthatline.com for all types of great articles, interviews, podcasts, videos, whatever it is dealing with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Be sure to check it out at hitthatline.com. Appreciate everybody listening in. I know it's been a, a crazy week for me. I'm hoping it's been a great week for you. Crazy busy, I should say. Uh, not necessarily crazy in a bad way, but just a lot of things going on. And as always, appreciate you guys being a part of it and making it a lot more fun and a lot more uh, energetic for me as it's been pretty rough go, uh, just to be honest about everything. It's, it hasn't been a fun time for Razorback fans. But, uh, you know, that's really what I wanted to talk about to you this afternoon as I'm recording this podcast. And I thought it was an interesting conversation we had on our Morning Rush show this morning and dealing with the Razorback football team and how they are just in a dire situation. And I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know. I think you all know and are saying, yeah, you think. Of course, we're in a dire situation. We've seen losses. We've seen ultimate just embarrassment and humiliation like we've never seen before in this program. So, of course, we're having a bad time. It's not a very fun time right now to be a Razorback fan. And I get all that. I really do. But you know, one of the things that I have always found fascinating is how fans or a program or coaches or whoever have to find balance in their support and their fandom specifically. For instance, and what I'm like, what do I mean by that? Is if you're a Razorback fan, you want the Razorbacks to succeed. You want them to win. Even though it doesn't look like you're going to have much to win for or play for the rest of the season this year, as far as bowl games or anything like that, you still want the Razorbacks to win. I mean, shoot, if they beat Alabama in some miracle from God this weekend, then you will be ecstatic. You will be, because you're a fan. That's the way it goes. But you also know that what's going on with this program cannot be tolerated, cannot be accepted. And you don't want to go to games, show support for something that you don't believe in, that you want change in, and your only form of protest as a fan, or to at least voice your displeasure, is by not showing up to the games. So that's really the balance that you have as a fan. You either are ultra super supportive, showing up to every game, showing up, being a fan, being loud, being encouraging, or in this day and time, and or in this stage of the program, you're angry, you're frustrated, you're upset, you don't want to tolerate this awfulness anymore, and so you are going to be protesting of sorts in your own way to try to get your message across that this cannot stand, man, this aggression cannot stand. And if you're on either side of those aisles, I don't have a problem with you. I don't see you as a bad fan one way or the other because you're a fan and you handle it your own way if you want to be supportive that's great but if you want to be someone who is angry and upset and protest by not showing up doing other things with your Saturdays totally get that too so I'm not on either side of that but then you look at it from the perspective of the program and Chad Morris I do believe Chad Morris is trying I believe he's trying now he may not be doing the right things. He may not be looking good doing it. He may not be developing. He may not even be the guy for the job. Let's just be honest. But 
I do believe he is trying. He's not like Brett Bielma where he just mails it in and gives up and doesn't care anymore. I think he cares. I think he tries. It's just a matter of translating it onto the field. Well, part of that trying that he's having to do and part of that effort that he's having to put in is also in recruiting, more so than anything. He's got to keep recruiting. That's just the fact of the matter. You can't get out of this mess that you're in unless you continue to recruit, continue to get players. That's key. Well, how difficult is it for him and his staff to recruit high-caliber players on official visits, for instance, where they come into the stadium, there's 30,000 people in the stands, it's an 11 a.m. kickoff, the atmosphere's dead, and your team gets beat 51-10 to 10 against Auburn. Now, I'm not trying to blame anybody. I'm just being real about it. How can he recruit that way? How can he get elite players, or at least the players that he desires, the players that you need to get out of this situation, how can he get them if when those players show up, when they got offers to Alabama or LSU or Georgia or Clemson or whoever, and they walk in and they're like, okay, this does not seem very fun. So that comes the problem, doesn't it? That becomes an issue where you as a fan, you don't really know how to handle it in some cases as far as how to handle your frustrations. But Chad Morris also has to understand that he has to win the fans over. And in this case, maybe win the fans back over because of how horrible things have been over the past few seasons. Those are facts. But there's this imbalance that's going on where you really can't figure out what you need to do, what you want to do, what you'd rather do between the program, between the coaching staff, between the recruiting. And as a fan, the only thing I can tell you is that you need to do what you feel is best. Coaches need to keep trying, keep recruiting. And the moment that they start having results and winning is the moment that the fans come back. Fans, you're not a bad fan if you're not showing up. You're not a bad fan if you're calling into my morning show or listening to this podcast or texting, tweeting, whatever it is to me, and you're saying, I'm done with this crap. I won't buy season tickets next year if Chad Morris is the coach. You're not a bad fan for that. You're also not a bad fan for continuing to support. But I guess my ultimate question is, is how, how do you find that balance if you're struggling with that as a fan? where you want to be supportive, you want to be able to have it to where the the atmospheres are great, the fan base is great, everyone's positive and encouraging, and yes, yes, yes. But you don't want to show, or at least have that be perceived as showing that you approve of what this team and what this program is doing. Because you don't approve of it. No one approves of it. So how do you handle it is key. And this is where I think Chad Morris is in his greatest uphill battle of all time. Because it's one thing to lose. It's one thing to lose out on recruits. It's one thing to struggle to get out of a ditch. That's all one thing. But it's quite something else to lose the fan base and try to get them back. I don't know or at least can't think of any circumstance in college football especially, where a coach and a program lost fans 
at the rate that Arkansas has lost fans, or at least lost them showing up to games. I still think we're all fans, even if you don't show up to the games. But just saying, as far as the encouragement and support and rallying the troops and and having the stadium filled with at least 65,000 people, that's just, it's just, you can't do that anymore. And you, you can't lose the fans and then expect to be winning them back quickly. Because after this season, folks, if Arkansas ends up going 3-9, and nine, and that's giving them another win against Western Kentucky, how, and I mean how, are you as a fan going to be excited about 2020? What is it that you can point to after going 0-16 in back-to-back years? What is it that you can point to that can excite you? I don't know. I won't have anything. And that's why I feel like Chad Morris's situation is is that at the end of the season, he's no longer going to be the coach unless some serious turnaround happens because you can't afford, if you're Hunter Juracek, another year of this. You can't afford season ticket sales going down the toilet again. That's just, you can't afford it. And if Chad Morris isn't doing anything to excite the fan base, then it's going to be time to move on. It's going to be time to try to find somebody else that can excite the fan base. And no matter who it is, no matter who it is, there will always be a new burst of energy because it's new. That's all it is, is new. So if that happens, I think that the fans will at least come around and give the new guy a chance if they decide to go that route. But, my goodness, at the same time, I'm not betting the house on it. That's for sure. My bookie is the premier place to bet on all of your favorite pro and college football actioned every weekend. So if you're going to be making some bets this season, do the smart thing and make the bet with the best at MyBookie. Visit MyBookie.ag today. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate your offer. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, so I also wanted to bring this up since Arkansas is playing Alabama this weekend. This doesn't have necessarily to do with the game in itself, but something that, uh, at least a comment that Joel Klatt brought up of Fox Sports when he was on Colin Cowherd speaking about Nick Saban and Alabama, how he believes that Nick Saban has ruined college football fan bases because of the expectations that are put on them. And I think really what he was referring to in this situation was with Jim Harbaugh and uh, at Michigan and the displeasure that obviously Michigan fans have been having for Jim Harbaugh with the amount of money that they paid without the investing that they put into him. The results are not coming along with it. Even though he's had some pretty solid seasons, he's not having those big-time national championship competing seasons, which is pretty shocking when you really realize how much talent that he's had, or at least the talent he's recruited. Um, But when I thought about that and Joel Klatt saying it, you know, it was a little surprising to hear it put that way but the more I thought about it the more he's absolutely right Nick Saban has ruined many things in college football now he's also brought a lot of attention and greatness to college football there's no doubt but the way that college football teams uh, view their coaches and view their situations and view their expectations have been completely and totally rattled over the past 10 years especially. Because if you're a big-time program, which there are a few of them, at least the Blue Blood program or Red Blood programs, however you want to look at it, if you're one of those programs 
you look at it as my program should be just as good as Alabama because we're Michigan, we're Ohio State, we're USC, we're Texas, we're Oklahoma, you know, whoever. We're Florida, we're Florida State, we're Miami. I mean, pick your poison when it comes to how programs view themselves. And that's not to say that those aren't great programs, but they also get so caught up in being Bama or trying to catch Bama that they don't realize how good it could be and how good they are and how fine things are. And if you need to ask anybody, ask Arkansas and what Arkansas would do for any of the successes that those programs are having. Like, be honest, Razorback fans. I don't like the guy, but if Jim Harbaugh said, I'm, I, I'd come to Arkansas if y'all pay me six and a half, seven, just say seven and a half million dollars. Would you not take him right now? I mean, seriously. Jim Harbaugh is vastly overrated at Michigan, but you know what? He comes to Arkansas, you take him. I mean, shoot, you probably take most of the coaches that are at these big-time programs that maybe aren't, quote-unquote, living up to the expectations. Would you take Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M? Bet you would. Bet you would. And that's my whole point, is that it's all about perspective and how your current program or your fan base is looking at their situation. To me, there is no doubt, no doubt in my mind, that Michigan or Ohio State or any of those teams that I mentioned are capable of winning a national championship. But under Nick Saban, they're not. And I don't think they can, at least consistently. I'm not saying they'll never win, but consistently. Because of, first off, how difficult it is to beat Nick Saban and to beat Alabama, but also how difficult it is, just as in college football in general, to be able to have a program where everything falls right into the into the place it's supposed to, and you get it all going in the right the right time. You know, it's it's takes so much more than just having great players and good play calling. I mean, it's just the way it is, and it just makes me wonder that when Nick Saban and Alabama part ways, when Nick Saban retires or whatever it is. Assume that Alabama does take a significant step back. And when I mean a step back, I think, still think they'll be a good program, but just they go to being human once again. When that happens, I think it'll open up the doors once again for college football to have vast parity. Not only having SEC teams compete, but also have other teams from the Big Ten, from the Big 12, ACC, Pac-12, whatever it is. They'll have more programs that they'll be able to compete against. And that's how I think... It'll make those programs that much better. But for right now, Nick Saban has this whole college football game clenching in his fist. And the tighter he squeezes and the more success that he has, the more difficult it is to keep other fan bases, at least the big-time fan bases, happy. But it's all a matter of perspective. Because like I told you, if you're Arkansas, you're taking pretty much any other success, any other coach, at these big-time programs right now than what the current situation you find yourself in. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, final segment of the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. I got to tell you this story uh, because I said it, I told it on my morning show, The Morning Rush, and it was uh, it was quite a hit with people out there who are big avid hunters especially but it's a true story and I thought it was really funny I want to share it with you just to hopefully it can you can get the same humor out of it uh but last night I hit a deer with my truck and uh, I was driving uh, from Greenwood to Fort Smith 
getting on the highway and as I was accelerating, here comes a deer coming out, coming out. And luckily I slowed up enough to where I didn't hit it too hard, but I definitely hit it enough to have an impact. And as I'm, as I'm, as I'm sitting there and I stop my truck and I don't see it anywhere around me, I open my truck to get out and to see if I could see it and guess where it's at right under my truck and the, the tire is on top of it and I, I was like oh crap so I, I bring it back in or I get back into the truck and I back it up and uh, as I back up in the headlights the deer is on the ground of course and it looks like its legs are broken it looks like it's uh, obviously in really bad shape and I, uh, I, I it's still breathing though it's still breathing. It's still live. I'm really, I'm not saying I'm like, I'm not getting like freaking out, but I'm certainly like, oh man, what do I do here? This is bad. This is so bad. Well, uh, Camille, who was with me, uh, she's more of an outdoorsy hunter, I would say than me. And it's like, we can't leave it there obviously. And just, you know, it's in the, it's in the road kind of, and you don't want to leave it just killed breathing. You want to put it out of its misery, do the humane thing. So she pulls out her gun out of her purse and hops out of the truck and goes and kills this deer. She shoots it twice and it's dead. It's a little 22 pistol, so she had to shoot it twice. But anyways, it eventually dies. And I just am just flabbergasted by it all. I can't believe that this happened. And uh, it was just, it was... It wasn't funny at the time. My truck's okay, thank goodness. Uh, that was my main concern. And it was really sad because I did not want to kill that deer. That was bad. I did not want to hit that deer. But unfortunately, things like that happen. And it was just it was just a bad deal all around. But kudos to Camille to killing that deer. And to basically, as everyone liked to laugh at me for, for me pulling my man car, the fact that I made the girl in the truck go out there and shoot the deer instead of myself. Listen, it wasn't my gun, so I'm not going to go out there and shoot it if it ain't my gun. So, uh, anyways, that was an experience that I will never forget, but one that I never hope to have anytime soon. Appreciate everybody listening in to the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We will keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We will see you then. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.